Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club, a show where I tell guests a mystery story and they try and guess the solution. I am your host, Caitlin McCluskey, and today I'm joined again by Matt Nidoba. Hi, Matt. Hi, how's it going? Good. Uh, so you were on last July, last August, sometime last summer. Sometime right? in the earlier blur of COVID, <laughs> you know, in the early stages of the smudge <laughs> that's been the last 18 months or whatever. I uh, I got an email from someone, or not an email, but something talking about, I think, I don't even know if it was an earlier episode, but it was something they brought up like a name and last summer I would have been able to remember all the names or just generally mm -hmm. about the books. And now there's, there's been so many episodes that yeah, it's all melding together. <laughs> You're a pro. You got like uh, years of experience now. <laughs> yeah. Well, today, today's actually a exciting day because this is episode 50 officially. Oh my episode God, I'm 50. honored. I'm episode 50. I feel like yeah. that's important. And you, you chose me, which I feel like maybe underwhelming is a pick, <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to do my best. No, this is, I picked, this is a good story. It's a Miss Marple, Agatha Christie. I was, I was thinking to do a, a non-Agatha Christie. And then I was like, no, I gotta go. Back to the classics. I gotta go with the, yeah, with the queen of crime. <laughs> uh, and another important milestone, I hit um, 10,000 downloads. Oh my God, congrats. That's incredible. Yeah, thank you. I was pretty exciting to watch it tick, tick up. BBC, 10,000, um, you're on your way up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a slow, slow progress, but it is fun to watch. I just want, like, if you ever get interviewed by Matt Galloway, I just, I want to know what he's like. <laughs> That's my only request. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wish... I hope it can go that far. I like that's that's I'll keep going until something like yeah, that happens. Until you get to the current. That, that's the the threshold. So anything anything new with you, Matt, uh, this week? I got a new toothbrush. Do you that's, oh, that's pretty much the highlight of my life at the moment. <laughs> Have you been able to sign up for the Oh no, you've already I got two fully, vaccines. Fully you've vax. had them for I months. got it in May, I think. In Niagara Falls. Yeah. The American side American or the side. side? I went to the American side of Niagara Falls. I would not recommend. Um, pretty pretty shady, but <laughs> hey, they gave me three drugs, so I'll take it. Uh, for anyone, Matt works in partly in the U.S., partly in Canada right now. Yeah, you yeah. I, I do like a 50-50 split or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 50 in mm -hmm. Buffalo and 50 I just moved back to Waterloo. Um, I was thinking I'd be smart and avoid... Um, the, I used to be in Peel, and I was like, ah, oh, Peel sucks. There's so much COVID here. The and I moved spot. to Waterloo, and now Waterloo's like the new hot spot. So, you, it's to the numbers today were crazy. Waterloo had more cases than Toronto and Peel yeah. combined. Yeah, it's pretty bad here. It's apparently like a lot of it is like the homeless population. There's like a giant outbreak across mm -hmm. like all the shelters. Not fun. Oh, that's so, that's yeah. really terrible. But, oh, what can you do? Just follow the rules, try to get vaccinated. Yep. Is is Taylor getting able to get her second vaccine? Yeah, she's getting hers uh, next Thursday, something like that. Pretty soon. Great. Okay, Pretty that's soon. good. Yeah. I'm yeah. signed up for Sunday. A couple Ooh, days from now. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting. I'm I'm getting uh I'm going to the Scotiabank Arena. They're doing the twenty five thousand dose. Oh, that's so much more fun. Make history. 
<laughs> vaccine day. <laughs> That's great. And plus, you're getting vaccinated before a work day. So you have, if you want to take Monday off, <laughs> right. you have a totally legit excuse. I felt I've awful, already. But. <laughs> oh, did fine. you? Yeah, it was real bad. I had a headache for like three days. It was not fun. Oh, God. Yeah. I hope I, if I get sick, I hope it's not three days. Yeah. It was like my one day one. For that. And then mm. like, just, I need an extra coffee for the next two days, but <laughs> yeah, not fun. So I have a uh, email to read from a listener. Mm-hmm. So uh, Shauna wrote in, it might be a few weeks ago now, and she said, this was in, this was in response to the Nio Marsh story I did Oh gosh, was it a couple months ago? I think it was at the beginning of May. And so she said she's just been listening to the last episode and I I had been wondering what a gentleman detective was. Mm-hmm. And so she says in the era of the golden age mystery, it simply referred to a detective that was of the upper classes. So you you Matt, you were here when I did the Dorothy L. Sayers story with Lord Peter Whimsey. Mm-hmm. So he would be a gentleman detective because uh, he won an award. I see. Right. No, those yeah. peasant detectives. <laughs> exactly can't have any of that let me so and to perfect example the story we're doing this round with miss marple miss marple's agatha christie's uh you know village character Mm -hmm. she's from a village just a just a little old lady so she would be the peasant detective (laughs) i think i like that better i don't know i always thought sherlock holmes seemed like oh it's a little too comfortable you know unrelatable (laughs) but yeah uh well yeah hopefully you like this have so if i have you do you know about miss marple or would you like a little bit more of a description about her i i think i've I've listened to enough that i i have a general understanding of who miss marple is but if you want to do okay. a, a brief refresher i'm definitely getting yeah, I'll do game, a... game for that so and for people listening too so miss marple is a little old lady she's one of two of agatha christie's most famous detectives the other one being hercule poirot and uh she's known to compare the situation she's in do like a quote-unquote village parallel with other things that have happened she's watched happen in her town so you know so and so stole the fish but didn't really need fish he just did it because he wanted attention and then she'd compare that to a murderer somehow or something like that like kind of crazy parallels but <laughs> she makes sense of them and that's the fun fun part i'm just thinking about like the life of crime that you must lead if you go from fish stealer to mur- murderer you know <laughs> that's what i talk so... about with your therapist like, are you having fish stealing <laughs> thoughts maybe get that checked it wouldn't out. be it wouldn't be the same person as Stanley. she'd compare the village ah, like okay. the person in her village and then you know she's off somewhere else and a murder happens and she is able to you know figure out who the murderer is based on observing stuff back home back in her village got it okay right yeah, yeah. i think i'm good well, let's dive okay. in so this this story is called they do it with mirrors as i said it's an agatha christie story it was released in 1952 and I have been doing the Agatha Christie stories, uh, the, sorry, the Miss Marple stories by Agatha Christie in order. So if you would like to listen to the Miss Marple stories in order, you can go back through the catalog. It starts with the uh, murder at the vicarage. Matt, you can't do that. I should have, I could have given you warning, but I didn't. This is just for the listeners. <laughs> you just don't give need me it. A, give me a couple hours. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back at three in the morning. Yeah. You don't, you don't need, you don't need to listen. There's no backstory really. Like, you know who Miss Marple is. Nothing Mm -hmm. else ties in. So 
no worries. But if you're interested, that's why I've done it. Because I thought it'd be fun to read them in order. So Miss Marple is with her friend, uh, Mrs. Ruth Van Rydock. And Ruth and uh, Miss Marple were, they went to school together. And like, let's say they're teens. They were at like a pensionat, pensionat, whatever, where like a finishing school for girls, maybe mm-hmm. type thing. So uh, where they would have gone after elementary or primary. And Ruth is really worried about her twin sister. So Ruth has a twin sister named Carrie Louise. Mm-hmm. And she... Ruth, they're both American girls, but Carrie Louise is living in England and Ruth still lives in the US. So just as the way things go, because Ruth likes to visit England, she sees Miss Marple a lot more than Miss Marple sees Carrie Louise because it's kind of that feeling of like you live close by. So you're always like, oh, we'll run into each other. Whereas if you go somewhere, you're like, I have to make a point to see them. Mm -hmm. So so Ruth had just visited her sister and she's telling Miss Marple that something felt off. Like, she can't pinpoint what's wrong, but she felt like Carrie Louise maybe was in danger. Maybe not quite that far, but just there was something wrong and she was worried about Carrie Louise and something happening to her. Mm, That's not good. Yeah, no. So Ruth knows about Miss Marple's kind of like crime solving sprees that she's been on and so and how kind of perceptive she is. So she asks... She asked Miss Marple basically if she'll go stay with Carrie Louise because uh, for a month or however long it takes to figure this out and kind of just be around and observe what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So she thinks the problem stems from Carrie Louise is a pushover. <laughs> and uh, specifically, she's a pushover for ideals. So they kind of talk about how back when they were girls, it was like the fashion to be have ideals. So that's like, I, I don't know, being in, like interested in charity. That's maybe the wrong word. But like you, you're really people just like just kind of people are passionate about climate change today or people are passionate about like the Black Lives Matter movement or um, indigenous rights Um that kind of thing where it's like you you really care about these these kind of like major topics right Mm -hmm. so carrie louise had always cared about that kind of thing and whereas a lot of basically basically ruth says a lot of girls grew out of that like they got married and then kind of like you know had kids and that was their focus Mm -hmm. but carrie louise just kept marrying people who had like very strong ideals and like did something about them you know I see. So now she has all of these ideals that she has inherited from all of her partners. Kind of. She she's also like they describe like they describe her as everyone loves her. She's a very nice, kind woman, um, and she does genuinely care. But she also, I, I think Ruth maybe doesn't understand it, and so she's coming from this perspective of like, why would you marry these people that just want to spend money on other people? Because that's kind of what they're doing. Like they're setting up institutions for, um, at first was people that couldn't pay for an education. So they like would house young boys. And now it's, um, uh, I don't know like the right term for this, but they they call it like juvenile. Okay, sorry. The term they use is juvenile delinquents. Pretty sure that's not what you'd say nowadays, but that was the word in the 50s. Um, I don't know, young I don't know. Boys. Like I feel like that's a, a term still. Like don't they put you in like juvenile detention if you're like you committed crime yeah, so young? I think a ju- yeah, ju- juvenile detention center, but I don't know if you'd call anyone a delinquent. Maybe it's like the 
the step before you get put in jail, you know? Yeah. 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 That's kind of a house where they're exactly, they have a bunch of psychiatrists, um, psych. I think, I think I'm on Carrie's side this one. I feel like Ruth, like, Oh God, who, who would just like be charitable? God, what a stupid thing to do. There's definitely, it's, it's like the theme of the book is the people who think it's a good idea and the people that think it's a bad idea. Definitely. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's what she's just basically she's there's this current of there's all of these boys who are basically in rehab of some sort young young boys in rehab or teenagers and there's some worry that that atmosphere isn't good for Carrie Louise whether Ruth knows what she's talking about or not she might just be attributing it to the boys and it actually has nothing to do with them and it's something else and she's just you know um like she's like you're, uncomfortable with it like yeah, like she, there's stigma around it. Yeah. And so she's yeah, uncomfortable with the sense. stigma. Yeah, that's a good word. Okay. Um, so before Miss Marple heads home, she needs to find out some more facts from Ruth. So she she kind of gets the lowdown on Carrie Louise. So Carrie Louise had married her first husband um, when she was younger. His name was Eric Goldbranson. Not super important. First husband, he died eventually because <laughs> she has three. So, but what was important about the marriage is that. They hadn't been able to have kids, so they ended up adopting a girl named Pippa. And they loved Pippa. She was beautiful, super energetic child. And then shortly after, maybe like three years or so, they were surprised with Carrie Louise became pregnant with another child. So okay. Mildred was born. Hmm. And already you can see the difference in name, Pippa, Pippa Mildred. I'm not feeling good about, about Pippa because Pippa isn't on the character list, which makes me feel like something bad is about to happen to Pippa. No, sorry. Yeah, don't. I, I'll get. I'm gonna get to it in the next sentence. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you, Matt. Um, for anyone listening, Matt has the lovely character list that I provided him that mm-hmm. explains all the characters. If you too would like a character list, you can subscribe to the uh, podcast Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash Tuesday Night Mystery Club. There will be a link in the description, and a character list will be published with each episode. Thank you. <laughs> It's very stylish. I'm a big fan. <laughs> so I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to that. So Mildred's born and basically they've always, they always treat Pippa better because they're super conscious that they don't want the adopted child to feel like they're an outsider. And so Mildred starts feeling like an outsider. Like mm. they kind of, they overdo it. Um, so both Pippa and Mildred get married. Mildred's husband has died just a few years ago. Um, they're, pretty grown up now let's say she's in her 50s and so she's come back to live with carrie louise in the main house um that's they call it stony gates that's the the name of the big mansion it's yeah it's that's a big place um and then pippa she died in childbirth so she's long gone that's why she's not i knew it i knew it (laughs) can't have a fun name like pippa i'm mildred okay (laughs) r.i.p so pippa Yeah, unfortunately, Pippa dies in childbirth, um, but her daughter Gina survives, and she had married an Italian, and I guess the Italian didn't want to raise the kids, so Gina ends up being raised by Carrie Louise. Is that, like, a weird racial thing from the 50s? Like... I don't know if it was racial. Well, yeah, you know, you're right. There's definitely some racial things going on about, like, oh, he's Italian, but I think it was more that he was a man, and it's like, oh, a man doesn't raise a kid. Yeah, got it. Yeah. They have more important things to do. Exactly. Well, it was like, he was like, I have to remarry. Like, I can't. 
so she had started to raise Gina, and at this point, Carrie Louise had remarried. So um, uh, the first husband had died. Her second husband had had two sons from a previous marriage. Uh, second husband had had this affair with a woman, Carrie Louise, because she said she could purse him. I was like, oh, if you're in love with her, that's fine. Go off, be with her. Like, I can I can raise the kids, your ki- your kids, like when, you know, when they're home from boarding school, they can stay here on holidays, yada, yada, yada. And so she ends up raising these two other kids that aren't hers. Uh, and the second husband ends up dying in a car crash. So oh, he's gone. <laughs> uh, so those are Alex and Steven. Uh, uh, Resterick. We'll get more into all of these characters after. We're just, just giving you the backstory on Carrie Louise. Okay. So then Carrie Louise finally come to her third husband, who she's currently married to. His name is Louis Saracold. And he's started his um what i call constructive training of juvenile juvie kids is how i've written it but mm-hmm. so these um be basically like boys who like got caught for like petty thieving or like i don't know picking locks like stuff like that and they were like they don't they don't know what they're doing they're too young like we're gonna show them yeah you know whatever we train them and then send them back to them get them get them back on on track yeah so when Miss Marple arrives to Stony Gates, however many days or weeks later, she gets off the train at the train station and there's a man waiting for her to bring her to Stony Gates. And he seems like very dramatic. Like everything is a like big deal. And he is making like he calls like snaps for the train platform dude to like come get the bags. And the it's like the 50s. So it's not really that time anymore. That kind of thing. Hmm. So his name is Edgar Lawson, and he ends up being Miss, I think, I don't know what he calls himself, but he's kind of like Mr. Saracold's secretary, Louis Saracold's secretary. And he gives the impression that his work is very important. He's very theatrical about it all. I see. So they're starting to... An important right. <laughs> So um, they're starting to get into the car when all of a sudden this girl pulls up in a Rolls Bentley. Which I didn't look up if that's a real car, but a Bentley, I don't know. Mixed yeah. with a Rolls Royce. Sounds, sounds fancy. Sounds expensive. Yeah. I think that's what it's supposed to give the impression is she pulls up in this fancy car and she basically says, Miss Marple, get in here and like brings her into the car and drives away with her and leaves Edgar Lawson like standing there with his, you know, mouth hanging open going like, hmm. what just happened? Like I was picking up Miss Marple. He's supposed to be the fancy important one, but exactly. he got so shown he's... up. He does not look pleased. He's pretty upset. Mm. So this this young woman ends up being Gina. And so she's super full of energy. She talks about how she's so excited to be. She had been in America for the war years. And so now whenever it's 52, like it's pretty shortly after she's back in England for a time. And uh, she's so excited to be at the house and learning from all these young boys um, how to cosh people and pick locks. So that's her, you know, brainwaves going on. That sounds pretty fun. No, new skills. I, I mean, yeah, good Maybe not the toshing, but the lock picking sounds fun. The lock picking, I agree. <laughs> oh, and she kind of she seems to have an issue with Edgar. She doesn't like him, so I mm. think there's a they're butting heads a little bit of neither of them like the other person, Edgar and Gina. So uh, Gina drops Miss Marple off and by the side yard where Carrie Louise is sitting, and they have a nice reunion. Carrie Louise does look much older, which makes sense. Miss Marple hasn't seen her in like 25 years. She has arthritis, uh, you know, it's kind of moving around with a cane, kind of slow, but she still has like rosy cheeks, dimples, that kind of thing. Like she still looks 
the sweet kind of girl that she once was, just older. Got it. So they walk up to the side door together where they're met by this woman, um, Jolly Belliver. And she is she is Carrie Louise's uh, like companion or not not maid necessarily. I think she's more than that. Like she's almost like a secretary to Carrie Louise and helps her with everything. And so she starts by scolding Carrie Louise for being outside because the cold isn't good for her. Mm. So she's mothering her a little bit. And they go into the sitting room and look out over the grounds. And they can see Gina's out there with a man. And so Carrie Louise is kind of talking about uh, Gina and her husband, Walter Hud. They call him Wally. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how he's he's a nice man and how uh, Ruth had been upset about their marriage because he was a... I guess like low from the lower classes and Gina's supposed to be an upper class girl. Not a gentleman detective. No, definitely not. (laughs) Not a gentleman of any kind, actually. (laughs) So, so Miss Marple makes a comment about uh, that. They make a nice couple pointing to Gina and the man outside and Carrie Louise kind of gets flustered. And she's like, Oh no, no, that's, that's Steven Resterick. Like that's not Wally that's not the husband. And Miss mm. Marple says, do you realize that Steven's in love with Gina because she has good eyes and can, basically she says, I can see it in his eyes. I can see it in his face. Believe it or not. There's some pretty good eyes, Marple. I, I think you have to, you have to take her word for it because there's not enough. Agatha Christie doesn't have enough time to develop this. She's just telling you, she's like, <laughs> Steven's in love with Gina. You're going to believe it. Take mm-hmm. my word for it. Fair this is what's going on. <laughs> so Kay Louise isn't upset about this, but she's basically like, oh, no, 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 no. Of course not. Steven's not in love with her. And Steven helps out with, they do like a theater program with the boys and Steven helps put that on. So Louis Sarekold comes into the room and he's the type of person that gets like super focused on the topic at hand and can like zone out everything else around him. So at this moment, he's super focused on the boys and so he doesn't, I don't even think he sees Miss Marple. He like is talking to Kay Louise and then like leaves or something along those lines. And so tea, there's tea served and then there's dinner. And then after dinner, Miss Marple is like, she's weirded out by the variety of people. Like it's just like the Mildred, Mildred woman is living there. Gina, her husband, Stephen, uh, Jolly, the, 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 um, the companion carrie louise is so proper and then there's the doctors from the school that are at dinner as well and so it's just this weird mix of people all in different kinds of clothes and whatnot and she's miss marple you know it's very proper so not off-putting but this is again it's weird and so after everyone goes off to do after dinner everyone goes off to do their own thing to different kind of different parts of the house different parts of the room and edgar lawson is kind of left out or he's left with nothing to do And so he starts kind of making a scene about being upset with Gina from earlier in the day and basically saying that he's not wanted. He's not important. Like no one, no one needs him. Like what's the point of being here? That kind of thing. And Carrie is, Carrie Louise is doing a pretty good job of calming him down and being like, what's making you think this? Of course you're needed. Like um, Lewis like finds you, finds you so helpful, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. But he, he kind of goes on. Um, and so he leaves, goes outside, and Mildred piles on to the conversation of Gina being mean. She's, there's clearly jealousy, because we, we kind of assume that Mildred was jealous of her sister Pippa, 
mm-hmm. when Pippa was alive. And so it seems that this jealousy has transferred to Pippa's daughter, Gina. Yeah, that sucks. I feel like, yeah. I don't know, why, why put it on the daughter? I don't know. Yeah, well, not so fun, no, but I agree. got it. But yeah, so she's she's kind of ag- not agreeing with Edgar, but like basically saying like, yeah, Gina is so mean. Like she's such a bad person. And this is like, you know, like a 50-year-old woman to a 20-year-old girl, basically. Oh, Gina's okay. not around. It's behind her back. <laughs> oh, oh my God. So nasty. Why do you gotta be like that, Mildred? <laughs> I agree. So that night, Miss Marple's lying in bed and she's kind of thinking about everything that's going on. And she knows Stephen's in love with Gina and she's kind of thinking maybe Gina's in love with Stephen. She can't tell Bear. And Walt, Wally, Wally, the husband, is clearly super unhappy. He doesn't want to be in England. Um, so that's clear to her. And um, Mildred is jealous of Gina. Those are those are kind of like her points of what she's learned. But then she's going to how does this, like these are all things going on and there's these currents, right? But how does it affect Carrie Louise? Like what, she doesn't think she's figured out quite what Ruth maybe was feeling while she was here. And then she goes into that there's something off about Edgar. So she's like, is it Edgar that's the problem? But she goes from there to no, that's not it. There's something else. Like Edgar's definitely weird. There's something, why is he so dramatic? But it's, there's something more, you know? So is there like a lot of money like that Carrie Louise has? Because it feels like there's a lot of people just kind of hanging around this old lady. Are they like, are they just waiting for her to die so they can like, get whatever money she has is that the sort of vibe or like it's just they have a big house and a lot of rooms to fill well that's that's, so i feel like everything you said is kind of true so she has a big house with lots of rooms she does have a lot of money because she married i think her she was rich to begin with her first hundred husband was super rich and he died and left her a lot of money and then i think her current husband actually has some money of his own but it's mostly um, the first husband had left all his money in a trust for this, like, kind of these charitable um, institutions. So that's yeah. where the money's coming from, from the school. And then in terms of, like, yeah, are they, are people waiting around for her to die? Everyone seems to really like her. And it seems like she gives her, like, she gives people what they want. Ah, uh, got it. That's back to, like, the so pushover I, sort of thing. Kind of. I don't think, so I don't think people are waiting for her to die because they're kind of, I think they're happy the way they are, but will people inherit? Yes. And we will kind of get a little more into that. <laughs> I guess I, I haven't even got to the crime yet, so I, I don't even know what I'm solving. I'm <laughs> jumping the gun a little bit. Yeah. I won't, I won't ask any questions because there's definitely not enough info yet. We're still kind of like setting the, setting the scene. Got it. The next morning, Miss Marple goes out into the garden and she spots Edgar when right away she's like, I'm not letting him out of my sight. So she gets him to talking because she wants to basically just get him to start going and see what happens. And so he seems pretty on edge. Basically tells her that he's Winston Tur- Churchill's son. And that there's all these people that are out to get him and they're spying on him. And it's because of his father. And like he can't admit it because like it would put everyone in danger. Like that kind of thing, right? So we're yeah. starting to get the vibe of, okay, so he has some kind of like um, mental disorder maybe that's maybe causing this in some way who knows who know we, we can't we're not diagnosing him or seeing mm-hmm. this and going like okay so this is maybe from what his behavior is stemming from so he kind of goes over all of that there's a lot 
basically go into more detail, but that's what it sums up to. So Edgar leaves and Walter sits down with Miss Marple on the bench they've come to. And he basically is like, tells her that Edgar tells everyone a different story. Like it's a different father. It's not always Winston Churchill. It's just some other famous man basically. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of go, okay, so that's, that's where things are coming from. So Miss Marple is theorizing that uh, I guess there was this idea that like, if you didn't know who your father was, if you were just raised, especially in this time where like being a single mother is like frowned upon, they, there would have been, there was some idea that maybe he was lying about who his father was because he wants to seem important because he didn't have a father. And so he doesn't, he's, he's projecting almost. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh Yeah. Uh, Walter kind of goes on about how he doesn't understand this place. So he's kind of one of the people of the opinion of like, why? I think he has an opinion of like, why are you giving money to these people? Like you, there's, there's, there's so many good young men who aren't causing trouble, who also don't have enough money to have these opportunities. Like, why aren't you supporting the people that don't cause problems? Basically, that's his opinion. He also kind of explains to her that he thought they were coming to England just for a visit, and now it's been six months. So he thought they were just coming to see see Carrie Louise, visit Gina's grandma, and then they were heading back to the States, because they had this whole, when they got married in the States, um, they'd had this whole plan to like start a business together, and that's really what he wants, because he want, he's like hard worker, he wants to work for his money. He doesn't like just sitting around at this house, kind of like accepting handouts in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I would be pissed. Go visit your in-laws and then you're there for six months. (laughs) I agree. I feel like if it's in that context, I would be pissed. But if I was told, hey, I have these in-laws who will, like, support you for a couple years and you don't have to do anything. Like, if I was... Yeah, maybe framed that way. (laughs) Right? If it was framed differently and you knew what you are getting yourself into... I'd, you know, go full tilt on this podcast. <laughs> um, what else? I don't know. I'd read so much more. Maybe. Maybe I wouldn't. Who knows what I'd do? Maybe I'd just be boring. Yeah, I think I'd just be boring. I don't know. I think, like, we sort of had that opportunity with, like, COVID. We're like, oh, I've had all this time. I do so much stuff. And then what I do with all my time is, like, I watch videos about, like, camping for some reason. yeah Yeah. i guess the difference would be is that you'd have free time and be supported financially Mm. yeah but you're right you're right probably would just sit around and do the same things i always do anyways you can see why walter is not too pleased that he's been it feels like tricked into being here so he really appreciates talking to miss marple feels like she's an aunt he has back home so he leaves and then Mildred comes and sits down and she starts by saying that Gina and Walter's marriage is a tragedy. That's her words. A tragedy. Oof, like not one of the romantic kind of tragedies. Like just... No. <laughs> just basically saying it's down and out awful. Like Oof. I can't believe this happened. Like who do they think they are? It's obviously going to end in divorce. So, you know, you don't like Mildred, you know? Yeah, she seems pretty awful so far from the the two things that we know about her. Yeah. So, so Miss Marple kind of probes her and she 
she wants to find out more. So she goes, it must have been difficult. You must have had a difficult childhood. And Mildred takes the bait. She's like, oh, you want to hear about it? I want to tell you. Like, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to know? And she kind of goes on about how no one had understood her predicament. Like, Pippa was always put in front. Everyone loved Pippa. Pippa was so beautiful. No one cared about her. Like, that kind of thing. And so... It's the idea of like this was Pippa's dead, right? Like, mm-hmm. and Mildred's still hanging on to all of this. Yeah, you're also like fifty. Like, maybe you just move on, you know? Yeah. She also kind of goes on about how the house is this current house, like the mansion, basically they're living in, is unkept, and that if it, if she was in charge, if it was her house, um, she would do such a better job. Like, she would run it so much better. She'd find like proper servants, yada yada yada. Kind of what you and I are saying of like. The grass is always greener. Like you can always say you'll do better things, but will you? Probably not. Miss Marple then asks Mildred about Jolly. And so we find out that Jolly has been working there for like 30 years. She adores Carrie Louise. She's such a good comfort. Um, but again, Mildred, like always the Debbie Downer has to see the negatives in it. And like, it's like, but maybe she's like too accommodating. Like she doesn't like let mother do anything for herself. And that's like bad for mother because she's not independent. Like, you know, it's like, okay, mm. right. Mm. I always got to find the, the negative. Okay, Mildred. Yeah. yeah. Debbie Downer here. <sighs> yeah. So shockingly, another person arrives. Lewis comes up and he almost like, again, he's got, he's like that one track mind. So he sees Miss Marple. He says that he had been wanting to show her around and he doesn't even acknowledge Mildred. Like, it's like, she's not even there to him. And so he had... I think Miss Marple tells him about Edgar and he doesn't seem too worried. He's kind of like, oh, yes, he has these these spells sometimes, but it's fine. Like we're we have very good treatment for him or whatever. Um, so I think Miss Marple gets passed off to Dr. Maverick, which is a fun name for a doctor. Oh and he's the like head psychiatrist at the institution. Doctor slash jet pilot, Dr. Maverick. Yeah, yeah. It's like that NASA guy who has, like, the PhD plus the jet pilot plus the astronaut. (laughs) Um, You wish that he was like that, but he kind of seems... They're painting the, like, typical, quote-unquote, typical idea of a psychiatrist at the time. So he's, like, a... I think she tells him... Um, that she's wor- like she's worried about like what Edgar did, and I think Miss Marple goes like, "Is don't you think he's a little mad?" And Doctor Maverick goes, "Aren't we all a little mad?" You know, it's like that kind of impression of mm-hmm. like the com- almost like psychiatrist, but to a comic effect of, mm-hmm. "Oh, we're all like, how can you call someone crazy? We're all crazy. We're all blah blah blah, whatever." Yeah. So you know, it's hard. He has such a cool name, but you kind of were like, ugh. <sighs> Dr. Get Maverick. Over yourself. Like, can you give me some actual useful information instead of yes. just saying everyone's insane? Yes. Okay. So it basically it's an exhausting day for Miss Marple. So she she goes to bed and then the next morning when she gets up, she asks Carrie Louise if anything is worrying her. So she's been observing and now she's like, okay, she's not telling Carrie Louise anything, but she kind of wants to pick her brain about like, it's, do you think anything's going on? Like you live here, you should surely know something. And Carrie Louise is kind of like, of course there's the little things, but she basically, she has this mindset of like, I can't change people. So what is, what's, Bonza, what's the use worrying? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of her opinion on things of, I, I can't do anything and I'm, I'm not going to bother worrying about it. 
I feel like it's a really weird opinion to have for someone who's focused on like being charitable to petty criminals. You know? What do you mean? Like, isn't her whole thing being like, ah, oh, yes, these boys, you know, we're going to bring them back towards, like, a better path. When she's like, ah, oh, but my family, like, they all suck, but there's nothing I can do, so. I think I it's know. more, no, I guess you're right. You're right. She, it's like stuff like, should she be worried about, like, Gina and Walter and, like, how their their relationship is going? Mm-hmm. And so her kind of opinion is there's, like, she could step in and, like, try and do something about it, but realistically Gina's gonna do what Gina wants to do and she's she's her own woman she's capable of making this kind of decision so Carrie Louise isn't gonna step in she doesn't feel it's her place and so she's not gonna worry like Gina will figure it out kind of whatever I mean she's had three husbands so (laughs) everything's worked out so far it's fine (laughs) so I think it's more of that not like I think if Gina was like actually in trouble she'd step in and help Mm. her so that afternoon, um, Christian Galbranson arrives. So Carrie's first husband, Eric Galbranson, had two older like children from a previous marriage. And th- this guy, Christian, is actually older than Carrie Louise. So she had been like, you know, the young, basically the young wife. And C- Christian is the principal trustee of the trust that supports this this institution that they're running. Got it. Um, uh, what's his name? Louis Saracold is also one of the trustees, and there's a couple. There's, I think, a couple other members, and so he's arrived unexpectedly, and so I think everyone kind of assumes. Well, one, they assume he's come to see see Louis, which seems to be the case, but that it has something to do with the trust or with this institution. Mm. So Mildred is very excited to see him because she, her father, was also. Gulbranson. So she's, this is her half brother. So she was, she's the only one that's actually related to him. So she was pretty excited kind of going around, like telling everyone about her brother. And it's unfortunate because Mr. Sarkold actually isn't there right now. He's, st- he's gone out for, I think the day he'll be back tomorrow, basically. Um, so Christian said, that's fine. It's important that he sees Lewis though. So he will stay an extra day to see him. So Miss Marple isn't convinced that that's why he is here. And for p- part of the reason she thinks that is that he ends up catching Miss Marple alone later that day. And he asks her about Carrie Louise's health, specifically her heart. Is she having heart trouble? And Miss Marple finds it strange because why is he asking her? Like, yeah, she's an old friend, but and she, she, has, she can guess, but she really doesn't know how Carrie Louise is doing. And so she finds that strange. And he just seems very worried and wants to kind of like act in the best interest of Carrie. Like that's kind of like what he's saying, but we're unsure. Like, what is he talking about? Right. Hmm. Are you getting some thoughts? No, sometimes just, it sounds fishy. Everyone seems concerned about Carrie and Carrie seems like she's like, yeah, I'm fine. So yeah, we'll see. Good point. So Miss Marple, uh, I think, uh, Galbranson leaves. Miss Marple comes in and she's like, "What were you guys talking about?" And Miss Marple explains to her, "Oh, he was asking about her health." And Mildred seems almost angry at Miss Marple, like basically, like, "Why was he asking you those questions? Like, why wouldn't he ask me?" Or like that kind of thing. And so that's weird as well. And Miss Marple's like, "I don't know. Like, ask him." <laughs> Not that she's mad at Miss Marple. She kind of just seems like mad at the world, you know? 
So the next day, Christian seems to be conferring with Jolly Belliver as well. So it seems like, okay, is he asking her the same questions? And, but the real kind of like excitement starts to, starts to happen around 4 p.m. that day. So later in the afternoon. So Miss Marple goes out into the garden, basically collides with Eric Lawson, who's in this like super agitated state. Like he's like pacing back and forth. And he's basically saying it's like, he quote unquote who's the real enemy like he in italics is in the book if you can picture that and he goes like he has been lying to me and i know who my real father is i have a friend like i have an actual friend who like tells me things like that kind of thing he's like super agitated and then he basically like runs off and miss marple is left like going like what the heck was that she, I think she stays out for a bit, but then she goes back inside and she sees Louis Saracold arrive back home. He walks up to the house and um, Gulbranson meets him out on the terrace. And so they have this kind of like back and forth conversation um, outside. So I'm going to read you the scraps from that conversation. So Miss Mar- Marple hears how to spare Carrie Louise the knowledge Gulbranson was saying. The next time they passed below, Louis Saracold was speaking. If it can be kept from her, I agree that it is she who must be considered. Other faint snatches came to the listener. Really serious. Not justified. Too big a responsibility to take. We should, perhaps, take outside advice. And then they, they come inside. Hmm. So really not a lot of information to go on, right? Hmm. So I mean, like... My, my two thoughts are either A, the trust is out of money, mm-hmm. right? They're broke, which I guess would make sense seeing as they're both the trustees. Um, right. Or B, something maybe like the Edgar Lawson character is some relative's like illegitimate son, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Maybe yeah. like one of the old husbands or, you know, Lewis or someone. And he's yeah. actually a he's relative. He's like actually related. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that checks out. Some sort of, like, dark secret is being discussed. <laughs> it's gotta be. Something something big. So, dinner that night is quiet. Um, Galbranson, basically, immediately after dinner, goes off to type letters in his room. And everyone else kind of sits in the hall. And so I'm going to show you... Um, I'm going to really try and remember to take a picture of this, this um, kind of map that's in the book. And post it to the Instagram and patreon but if i don't and you're on instagram and you want to see this picture uh dm me and i'll send it to you Uh, because i do forget so basically what it's showing i think the like important points are that like the great hall is here yeah lewis sericold study is right off of the great hall Mm -hmm. and then there's the library the dining room and then it kind of goes to like the rest of the rooms down the the corridor okay so yeah, I think that's the main thing. Okay, we can come back to that. So um, that was at the front of the book, but we're kind of getting to the point where this is the map of, not that it's super important, but it's kind of nice to have like an image in your head of what you're what, what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gulbranson has gone off to type some letters. Everyone else has gone into the Great Hall and sat down. Stephen starts playing the piano. Walter goes to read. He turns on a reading lamp and um, it fuses like it the circuit breaks or whatever mm-hmm. and so a bunch of the lights in the great hall go out and so he goes off to fix the fuse 
And uh, Jolly remembers that she hasn't given Carrie Louise her tonic. So there's like some kind of medication tonic that she drinks every night. Mm -hmm. And Lewis says firmly, not tonight. She doesn't need to drink it tonight. Hmm. So at this point, suddenly Edgar bursts into the room and he accuses Lewis of deceiving him. He's in this huge fit of agitation. It's more than before. He says Lewis is his enemy. And Lewis kind of is like trying to calm him down, tell him to calm down and saying, come into my office. We'll talk in there. So he ushers it into the office and they hear the, the key turn in the lock, locking the door. And I think both Miss Marple and Jolly look at each other and think the same thing. Lewis didn't lock the door. Edgar locked the door. So Edgar's voice kind of starts to rise. He's yelling at Lewis. And I think the party in the Great Hall kind of starts to talk. They're like, did you, was there something in his hand? And Miss Marple goes, yeah, he was holding a revolver. She, she has, a, again, she notices these things. Mm. So Edgar's got a revolver. He starts screaming at Lewis that Lewis is his real dad and he knows he's his real dad and that like he's found him out and that he's the real spy. He's the real enemy. And it, um, it something sounds like a gunshot goes off, but Carrie Louise somehow is like super calm during all of this. And she's like, that wasn't in the house. Like that was somewhere out in the woods. Like that was somewhere farther away. And she's basically saying Edgar loves Lewis. Like there's no way he's going to do anything to hurt him. He's just being dramatic basically. And basically saying it will all be fine. Like it's going to be fine. Seems so. I'm going to say, I doubt that. Seems like something's dead. Someone's dying. I don't know who, but someone's dead. We'll see. There are people leaving. There are suspects being created. Someone's about to get got. Like, So Edgar, Edgar starts screaming. He'll make Lewis pay. Lewis, he's, Lewis is going to die. Lewis is meanwhile trying to soothe him. He's like still trying to calm him down. And then they hear two gunshots and everything goes quiet. Mm. so at this point shockingly the lights come back on and walter comes back into the room going like ah, i figured it out and he's he comes to everyone kind of like standing in shock in the great hall going like what's going on um jolly at some point before this has gone out to try and find keys to try and open the door to get in to like stop edgar so she gets back with the keys um they're trying to unlock the door they can't find the right key and then the door opens and it's Lewis who opens the door and he's breathing super hard. And he basically says, everything's fine. Edgar is lying on the ground crying. And so they go to get Dr. Maverick to like, not necessarily subdue him, but that kind of thing and like calm him down. So Lewis is basically to Jolly, like, don't call the police. Like, I'm not going to press charges. Like this is, I don't know what's happened. It's just a relapse. Like we're going to, we're going to figure this out internally. And Jolly says, that may be so, but I have to call the police because Gull Branson's been shot dead. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. So you're right. Definitely, definitely something was going on Ugh. in the, the mess of all that. You know, you showed me the clue map. The lights went out. <laughs> Someone was dying. Okay. Well, RIP, <laughs> Mr. Gull Branson. Yes. Yeah. So definitely very exciting moment there so lewis sarah called and dr maverick go to check i I mean they trust jolly that he's been he's shot he's dead but they go to see kind of what's happened and um walter takes the gun from edgar and is like this is my gun where you took my gun like what so he's super pissed 
And I think some people are trying to like hold him back as well from Edgar. And suddenly the door flies open and who, who could it be? It's Alex Resterick, the other Resterick brother. And he comes in all jovial and happy being like, ah, you happy to see me? And uh, basically comes into this room full of people again, who are like in shock, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, They know that someone's died. And so really bad timing that he's showed up kind of thing. Uh, Someone explains to him what's gone on and he kind of gets filled in on the whole picture. And then Carrie says that she must see Galbranson. She needs to go into the room and kind of, no one wants to let her see it because I don't want after her to go through it. But she's like, you don't understand. Like, I just, I need, I need to see him. Like, I, I, I just, I need, whatever, I need to see him. So Miss Marple goes with her and um, she basically says it's, it's kind of like her saying goodbye to Carl Branson mm-hmm. in a way, you know? So they see him, they leave the room and Lewis, Lewis Sarah Colt stays with the body to uh, make sure nothing is, nothing gets touched. So Inspector Curry arrives shortly after and he takes charge of the situation and he starts by asking Jolly Belliver to relay all the facts to him, which he does. And the fact that the family thinks they heard a shot in the woods is important to him because they're thinking that it was that probably that shot that was actually Galbranson being shot farther away in the house, right? Mm -hmm. They ask Jolly if from when she found the body to when she had been back in later, was anything different? And she goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a letter in the typewriter when I first went in and it's not there anymore. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they interview Miss Marple next. I don't think she shares necessarily anything too different from what we've heard. And then they interview Lewis. And he says that Gull Branson had come on business... Oh, no, sorry. He says that Gull Branson hadn't come on business. And and the police are like, oh, everyone was saying it was about the trust. And he's like, well, that's what everyone thought. And Gull Branson and I did nothing to kind of tell anyone it wasn't. We just let everyone believe that. But really, he had come because Gull Branson had come because he was worried that someone was slowly poisoning Carrie Louise. Huh. So... Lewis isn't sure, but he kind of says, I I know I've read up on this since and I understand that arthritis and arsenic poisoning have a lot of the same similar symptoms and her arthritis has been a lot worse as of late. And so they're kind of tying it into is someone slowly poisoning her of arsenic? And they had him and Galbranson had had this thought that was it in her tonic? And so that's why he had stopped her from drinking it earlier that night. And he had already taken a sample himself and he gives the sample of the tonic to the police. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if I buy it. I don't know. <laughs> I think it seems it seems fishy. I don't know. I don't know if that uh, that jives with what we heard uh, okay. him and Gil Branson talking about earlier. Right. I don't know because it seems like they have some sort of secret, and I don't know. It seems like oh, we need to. I don't. Know, I don't think the the poisoning. Like I feel like if you. If someone was being poisoned, you would just tell them, I think you're being poisoned, but they're being all sleuthy, which makes me feel like there's some other secret. So that, that is a good point. And it's, it, you're led to believe, like, no one wants to tell Carrie Louise anything. It's not just them. Like, uh, well, we'll get to it. But the police don't understand it either. They're in the same position of you of, like, why why are you babying this woman so much? Like, just tell her, like, what what is going on with this? Because I think Lewis makes a point of saying, like, 
please don't tell my wife. Like, I really, I, you don't understand, but she, she, I really don't want her to know. And there's another thing I want to read you. So Gull Branson tells them that he had uh, taken the letter out of the typewriter. Ah, uh, right. Okay. So yeah, he's, he was sure that um, Carrie Louise was going to want to see the body because he knows his wife and he didn't want her to see the letter. So he'd taken it out and he hands it to them. So it said, Dear Dr. Galbraith. So Dr. Galbraith is another member of the trust. He's not going to factor into the story, but this is who the letter was addressed to. If it is at all possible, I beg that you will come to Stony Gates as soon as you receive this. A crisis of extraordinary gravity has arisen and I am at a loss how to deal with it. I know how deep your affection is for our dear Carrie Louise and how grave your concern will be for anything that affects her. How much has she got to know? How much can we keep from her? Those are the questions that I find difficult to answer. Not to beat about the bush, but I have reason to believe that that sweet and innocent lady is being slowly poisoned. I first suspect this when... Dot, dot, dot. Hmm. So, again, they assume that's when he was shot. And so... So they take that and then they keep questioning him. They ask about Edgar and Lewis is convinced that Edgar hadn't meant to hit him with the shots and that he basically kind of saying he was just play acting. And this is kind of Carrie Louise's opinion as well, right? Of like Edgar cared about Lewis so much. Like he would never intentionally try to hurt him. He just like wanted attention. That's what they're saying. Hmm. I think Lewis is being super fishy. I don't know. I think <laughs> like this letter... You know, no one else saw what was actually on the letter. Lewis just happens right. to have it. He has the vial, which we don't actually know if it was the tonic that he sampled. It seems right. like he could very easily be trying to, like, frame Jolly for this, right? Someone, yeah. Like, so I'm I think especially they... thinking, like, even if Gel Ransom was typing that letter, if he came in, he could have just added the lines about the poisoning right at the end, you know? Afterwards, yeah. But, I don't know. We'll see. They do, just for clarity, they do take his vial, but they also take the bottle of tonic. Um, and I don't, we get to it at some point, but they do contain arsenic. Oh. Okay, well, there goes my theory. We'll see. <laughs> so, Miss Marple comes down to breakfast the next morning. Gina is now kind of agitated. Like, she's maybe a little hyper this morning, I think just from all the excitement. Um, and Alex... Alex thinks they suspect him. He's the Restrick brother that had showed up kind of like right at the wrong moment. And so he feels that the police are like obviously suspecting him because he had taken longer to drive to the house than he should have. And he's like, because I got out of the car, because the atmosphere was perfect. Like you don't understand. The fog was just right. And I'm putting on a play soon. And like, it just was perfect. And I was thinking about how to recreate blah, 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 blah. Right? Yeah, he definitely didn't do it. We're, we're fine. Alex is You're not worried. Clear. No, no. He's, Too he's obvious. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> so Mildred then comes into the breakfast room and she's completely decked out in black, like very clearly in mourning. And she seems super sad, but it also kind of feels like acting. Like she's like, she's being super sad and kind of being like, oh, you're not wearing black. Like, really? You couldn't even like find a black tie to wear. It's my half brother. Nom, 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 nom. Hard for me to feel sympathetic for her, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone still hates Mildred. Yeah. <laughs> so Miss Marple goes in, she goes in to be interviewed, and it's Lewis, I think, in the room 
and he explains the poisoning to Miss Marple about what's going on. And he basically asks her to look over, look, watch out for Carrie Louise. And so she explains Ruth's opinion that Ruth had had this feeling. Uh, and Lewis says that's okay. Yeah. So Ruth, like Galbranson had this feeling and so did Ruth. So there must've been something going on. Lewis then explains the will to Miss Marple. And basically kind of what you were, you kind of touched on this earlier. You were ahead of your time. Everyone gains from the will. So I think Lewis has already been granted. Carrie Louise has already like given away the, her money to Lewis, like kind of for the trust. Mm -hmm. And so I think he might be the only one who isn't going to gain because he already is. But otherwise, everyone gets a, some part of Carrie Louise's money on her death. The Restrix, mm -hmm. Gina, Mildred, Jolly. Is there anyone else? Like everyone's going to gain. And then he, I think he also just says that Edgar's just odd. I don't know where I was going with that. That's all I wrote. But I guess, oh, he's he's bringing up motive for who could poison her. So he's saying that everyone benefits from the will. And then Edgar's just like kind of odd. So it's like possible that he did it. But also he hasn't been here that long. So if this poisoning's been going on for months, like he's only been there for like a month, say. They seem like very devoted to Edgar for someone who's only been there for a month. Yeah, but he also, like, he gets these fascinations on, like, his quote-unquote cases, like, these boys. And so, he like, he'll try and find them work positions in different parts of the country with his, like, his, he has friends and contacts. And this uh, Edgar just happens, he his, the position he found for him, quote-unquote, is his own secretary. Mm. Got it. So the police come in, and Lewis leaves, and so they've heard, they've actually heard from other police in the country about Miss Marple. Because again, this isn't her first murder case. <laughs> <laughs> so they explained to her that kind of like, they, it'd be good to, like if she hears anything, they'd like to hear it. Like it'd be good to have kind of like basically ears, ears on the ground, mm -hmm. feet on the ground. That's what they call it. And um, she says that she would normally suspect the husband, but that, like she's she's genuinely sure that Lewis actually really cares about his wife, and Lewis is definitely like she's like it's there's no way Lewis is trying to kill Carrie Louise. So the suspects they bring up are Walter, Alex, and Jolly, who had all left. Walter and Al Jolly had left the room, and Alex had arrived late. So those are kind of like the clear suspects, but then they go into that everyone was so distracted while in the Great Hall where they were kind of listening to this show down go off between edgar and lewis that anyone could have snuck out a window because again the lights were all off in the great hall mm -hmm. and everyone kind of says this throughout the interviews of did you notice would you have noticed if anyone left and they're like no i didn't i basically i wasn't watching anyone mm. so kind of saying it could kind of be anybody and then miss marple points out to the police that the doctors think it's weird that edgar relapsed right then like that he he had been he had been doing so well and then all of a sudden he relapsed and miss marple's kind of saying could it be contrived and she kind of explains the idea of like what edgar had said about i have a real friend now to do with like my real friend told me who my father is like that kind of thing and so they make a note of that too to try and get to the bottom of that of what edgar was saying so next they interview dr maverick and he he shares the opinion that if Edgar had wanted to hit Lewis, like sh shoot him, he was standing a couple feet away, like he wouldn't have missed. And so he's affirm, like he's reaffirming the view that 
uh, he, he missed on purpose. And then Walter Hunt comes in and he's pretty brash. I think it's supposed to be like the American behavior. And so he says he last saw his gun about two to three days ago. It was in a drawer in his room. And he's basically like, the people here are so weird. Like anyone could have been in my room. How am I supposed to keep track of my stuff with all these people around? Like that kind of. Classic American. How am I supposed to keep track of my gun? (laughs) Unimportant. It was, it was somewhere. I left it somewhere. I have more important things to do. Yeah, there you go. So Alex comes in next and he immediately starts explaining like what took him so long to get there. Cause he's like, sure. The police suspect him. So again, he's like, it's, it's the atmosphere was just perfect for this new play. I'm putting on the fog with the headlights, with the shots ringing out, with the running footsteps, with the chugging motor. Like it was all perfect for the atmosphere. This is an awful alibi, but like, it's definitely enough that he didn't kill this person. Like, <laughs> Like, imagine, like, that's your murder mystery is, like, yeah, it's the guy who had the really bad alibi about the fog who did it. Go figure. Like, no, it's not this dude. He's fine. (laughs) So true. So he's explained that. Then he leaves and Steven gets interviewed and he says that everyone was in love with Gina. So we, we've kind of figured that Steven's in love with Gina and he's basically saying, who isn't? Like, Alex is in love. My brother Alex is in love with her. Edgar's in love with her. Like, he doesn't want to be because she's so mean to him. But like, he can't help it. Like, we're all in love with Gina. Uh, he says that he was at the piano the whole time. He had started playing but he doesn't think he'd notice if anyone slipped out. So this is where we start to kind of get into no one feels like they would have noticed anyone else leaving. They interview Gina next, and she kind of starts to say that she's enjoying all the drama. And so they're like, oh, you enjoy murder? And she's like, okay, no, not that part. But like, up <laughs> until like the shots were fired, like it was kind of exciting. Yeah, it's almost like you could like make a podcast about it, which would be pretty entertaining. <laughs> I think you could include the shots in the podcast, yeah, don't you think? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so uh she says that the sh- oh she says that the shots were heard after wally had come back the shot the shot that was outside uh when she leaves the police are like that's convenient that she's misremembering even though everyone else remembers that the shot outside was heard while wally was out of the room hmm. so then mildred comes in and she's all upset that they've you know really they could have told her when her interview was going to be she's had to sit around all the morning like just waiting and how rude basically and so the police calm her down pretty quickly by going oh well we just we knew we were going to trust you're the daughter of the house like we knew we were going to trust your opinion so we wanted to get everyone else out of the way first we could properly hear the real opinion that we really wanted to hear and Mm -hmm. she like simmers down pretty quick and like takes that bait like a good pandering for mildred (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they, they get her opinion out of her they're kind of saying your opinion is super valuable to us and so she goes off about how it's definitely Walter Hood and how he had motive because you know Gina didn't have any money of her own and so he wanted the grandmother to die so that Gina would inherit and then he would get all the money because he's married her and he had opportunity because he was out of the room and she really puts it down on him and so they're they're kind of going like it's not that we don't believe you, but also you have literally no evidence. Like, this is just opinion. So we're going to look into him, but you got nothing, really. So at this point, 
Carrie Louise is still alive, right? Yes. I, it's so weird because it's like someone's actually dead, and they're like, "Yeah, but like, who's murder? Who's poisoning Carrie Louise?" Like, it's very strange. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's some idea that that someone was trying to like shut up Galbranson, and so the mm. real victim is going to be Carrie Louise. Got it. Mildred is also upset that she's the only blood relation to Galbranson, so she's like the only one that like actually cares. And the police notice as she's talking that she seems to really like money. She doesn't like spending money, but she likes having it. And so they're kind of, she is trying to pin this motive on all these other people, right? Of like, Gina wants money, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, it's like, clearly she wants, she wants the money. Mm-hmm. So the police are inter- interested to interview Edgar after hearing from everyone else about like what Edgar is like. And he kind of, seems cast down like they kind of are like he seems like a normal person like we've been told all of these things about him and he just seems average um and he's clearly very upset about what has happened and is like apologizing and saying like he'll plead guilty and they tell him like lewis isn't pressing charges so we have no evidence like there's nothing to go on basically so they try to get him to explain why he did what he did and he says basically asking him if lewis was your father why would you want to shoot him like why would he be your enemy and he says well if lewis was my father like other people would have to treat me right but he doesn't go into why he would want to shoot him he kind of just like says he was basically in a blind rage about being lied to or about like you know his enemies that are after him and they ask him okay so when did you take the revolver and he goes what and they're like you took when did you take the gun he's like i don't remember like i don't know they're telling him like you took it from walter's room he's like yeah i guess i must have but he can't like remember doing that Hmm. um they they also ask him did someone give it to you and he's like i really can't remember i don't know so they go out to kind of like reconstruct the scene so they're both the police are standing in the great hall and kind of like figuring out what was going on and they kind of agree that Gina, Stephen, or Mildred easily could have left. Um, and then they're still looking around more and they find the pistol in the piano bench. So that this is the pistol that they think was used to shoot Gulbranson because there was two separate guns, right? And, and it was um, Stephen who was playing the piano, right? It was, so I think one of the police says, oh, so it was Stephen. And Inspector Curry goes... That's awfully convenient that it was found in the piano bench. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're not feeling too confident that that's it's really would be Stephen that did it. So Miss Marple goes up to see Carrie Louise. She's been in bed all morning again because people are fussing over her. And she kind of is saying, like, I feel fine. Like, when you get to be my age, like, you kind of are able to confront death because... It's she's basically saying it's like the inevitable, like it's coming for all of us, which Miss Marple points out. She's like, uh, yeah, but this is murder. Like it's still different. It's not the same. But she does seem to be okay, and she says um, she can tell that everyone is keeping something from her. People aren't telling her something, and Miss Marple doesn't correct her, but she doesn't say anything. And then she says that even Lewis had drank her coffee and had some of her toast that morning which she chalks up to that he was so distracted by whatever's going on that he he had forgotten to eat himself or whatever. Hmm. 
Carrie then says that she's worried about Gina. She really, really wants her to be happy. And for some reason, this ties into that Pippa, the adopted daughter, her mother was tried for, like, convicted of murdering her husband. And so I don't know how this ties in, but I think it's the idea, like, of Gina has these genes. And so... She's got those murdering genes. Yeah. So I'm kind of like... That's a stretch, but Gina has to be happy. It's very important for Mm -hmm. this reason. Anyways, when Inspector Curry finally meets Carrie for the, um, he, he understands why everyone has been trying to protect her. Like he sees her, he understands the frailness. He understands this like purity, this innocence of, he gets why people are trying to like protect her from any kind of pain. He interviews her, but really there's nothing much for her to say. She she says the same thing as, as everyone else of Edgar didn't mean to shoot him. Like he, he intentionally missed. She's not sure about Galbrandt's and yada, yada, yada. So later that day, Carrie is sorting her mail. Um, and she gets a box of chocolates and opens it up. And there's a letter inside that says, with love from Alex. And so before she can do anything, Miss Marple's like, Let's call Alex in here. So they bring him in and he goes, no, he didn't send them. He didn't send chocolates. That's weird that they're addressed from him because he didn't send anything. And so Miss Marple takes the box and goes and finds Louis Sarkold and shows it to him. He and Dr. Maverick are together and they inspect the chocolates and find that some of the Kirsch ones on the top uh, looks like the bottom of the chocolate's been tampered with. It's not as evenly spread on the bottom. Um, and so this, it's just kind of a feeling of like, okay, this is, this is a lot because anyone could have eaten those chocolates, but they are Carrie Louise's favorite. So it also, they feel like shows some, not like it shows knowledge about Carrie Louise and her preferences. Hmm. Well, let's, let's take a break here, Matt. How are you feeling about things? I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of people who could have done this. I think mm-hmm. I don't buy that. Lewis is Edgar's father. I think that's, uh, I don't think that's the right. I think Edgar is someone's son, but I don't think okay. it's Lewis. Okay. And I think that knowledge is probably damaging to someone. So maybe he's like the son of the like original husband or whatever, or maybe okay. he's related to Pippa or something where like, sure. He is owed some he sort of money and he's like being, yeah, right. yeah, he's, he's important. And that's, someone knows something about that. That's, that's item one that I'm trying to keep track of. Yep. On the murdering front, I, I'm getting a funny feeling about Gina. I don't know. I feel like she has a lot of people who she could probably easily manipulate. It seems like everyone's like mm. trying to win over Gina. So I feel like she could maybe get people right. to do what she wants a little easier, but. I don't know. I don't know. There's still a lot of, a lot of moving parts. Um, yeah, there definitely are. Okay, so but you kind of have some, some main people you're focusing on for sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you want to keep going? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the next day, or maybe it's later that day, Gina's helping out on the theatrical set. So they again, it's like I guess part of the therapy is they put on these these plays that Stephen helps organize. And they, they do the artwork and the, you know, set design and stuff like that as well. So Gina's helping with painting and she's talking to one of the boys and 
he knows about the chocolate. Somehow all the boys know about the chocolates already. Like, you know, mm-hmm. word spreads. And he's telling her that he knows who did it. Like, he saw who did it, basically. And she tells him to stop telling lies. He's just boasting. He doesn't know anything. And basically, like, shoes him away. But it kind of, like, sticks with her a little bit. And then Stephen comes up to her and basically tells Gina, I know you and Wally, like, you're... Your, your marriage isn't going to last. Like, why, why are you stringing him along still? Like, you should end his misery. Which is like, oh gosh, wow. Ugh. Can you imagine someone saying that to you? But Also, maybe not the best line for, like, someone's just being shot. And like, oh yes, end his misery. Maybe uh, break up with him might be a better choice of words in this scenario. Yeah, he d- definitely doesn't say break. He, maybe he doesn't say end his misery or break up with him. But it's I feel like closer to along those lines of like, just stop stringing him along like get yeah. get this over with yeah and so that's while that's going on the police are interested on where alex stopped his car so they definitely are investigating him a little more and they're running they have a <laughs> matt's like you're going off on the wrong his wrong lovely trail. car which is a lovely shade of herring red no that <laughs> It's not this dude. Stupid cops. Come on. Find the actual person. Ugh. So they have like a constable run from Alex's car to the window and like time themselves and see how long it would take him to do it, you know? Mm. And so while they're standing there, um, I think Alex is going on about how like he doesn't, I think they're trying to ask him questions about like, I don't know when he, how many gunshots he heard and that kind of thing. He's like, you don't understand. Like when you're in the moment, I wanted to hear gunshots. Like it fit with the set. So like it was perfect that they were there and like that kind of thing. Um, and I think that one of the police officers points out that even a stage is real. Like it's made of real materials. And Alex is like really taken by this. He's like, that's a really insightful comment. Like that, that's really something to think about. So you're never going to believe what happens next. Alex sees Gina walking down by the pond or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he goes up to her and says kind of similar thing to Stephen of like, you, you love to be dramatic. You love that we're all in love with you and none of us can do anything about it. Like we're all, you're stringing us all along. Basically proposes marriage. He says, why don't you break, break up with that Wally dude? Marry me. Like I'm clearly so much better. And then he kisses her. Mm. He just goes for it. Mm. And, Guess who catches them, Matt? Oh, I want to go for Wally. Wally's a very good guess. It's Mildred. Ugh. And she goes even, off. Even worse. God damn it. I know. I Ugh. know. <laughs> uh, Mildred goes off about how Gina's such a terrible person. And then she goes farther and accuses Gina of poisoning Carrie Louise. She's like, you want the money. You're such a, like, you're a, you're a money obsessed little girl and you're murdering your own grandmother for her money, Mm. which is like, okay, Mildred, calm down. I guess she, this was, she is kissing a guy and she's married, but like still like you're just jealous. You're not kissing anyone. Mildred's actually hot for Alex. She's jealous about (laughs) that. I hope they aren't related. I, of, I can't keep track, but no, they're not related. But it is one of those things of like they are kind of all like step siblings in a way. Kind of weird, kind of. But they're definitely not. No, they're not related. Okay. So they they all decide that they have to tell Carrie Louise what's going on. So they tell Carrie Louise that they think someone's been trying to poison her, and she can't believe it. She's basically like, 
that's impossible. Like, there's no way it's happening. But, like, you're telling me it's true, and I guess I have to believe you, but I I can't. Like, it just doesn't seem real. So she feels that, basically, she feels like she's been living her life out of reality. Like, if she isn't in touch with this, how has she been in touch with anything? And she wants to be alone. She asks, I think it's Lewis and Miss Marple that have told her, so she asks them to go. So they head downstairs, Miss Marple goes to the Great Hall, Lewis goes into his study, and Alex is in the Great Hall, and he's he's basically, he's trying to describe to Miss Marple how he's pitching the Great Hall as like this stage set up, like it's a stage set up and everything is an illusion. He's mm-hmm. going off on all these things, and he forgets that Miss Marple's in the room at a point. Then Stephen comes in, and he tells them about that boy, one of the one of the boys that had told um, Gina that he had seen something and so Alex starts to wonder about that and is like we can't let them like can't give him too much power because he probably is lying like he is one of those boys that likes to boast but we should also question him because what if he did see something basically mm-hmm. so uh, Walter Hud finds Gina painting later that afternoon and he basically tells her that he's going back to America and she goes like oh like I what do you mean we're going back? Like, I don't want to go back to America. And he goes, I didn't say we, I'm going back to America. Mm. You can come or you can stay, but this is what I'm doing. Mm. Like puts his foot down and she's pissed off. Like she's mad that that, like her feelings aren't being considered, but he's basically like, I haven't been happy this whole time. You said this was a visit. It's been six months. Like I wanted, when we got married, we agreed that we were going to start this business in America. What happened to that? I'm going to do that. like you do what you want basically but this is this is what my like life is going to be like so miss marple watches um walter and gina head back into the house she's standing outside kind of similar to where alex was alex and the police were standing before and she's thinking about illusions and how illusions work when jolly comes up to her and so miss marple is kind of saying how illusions are so they make so much sense when they're explained to you, but when you don't know what's going on, it like you can't un- like you could you can't think how it could possibly happen. And she explains the um, you've seen the girl sawn in half trick, mm-hmm. where they like a girl gets into a box and the magician saws the box in half and then brings it apart, and the girl's like legs are sticking out on one side and her head is on the other, and they're both moving, and then she puts them together and the girl gets out unharmed. Mm-hmm. But really, it's two girls. It's one girl on one half of the box another girl on the other half of the box and that's how they that's how they do the trick because it's an illusion right am i spoiling this illusion for you no i'm just thinking about how the the murder can be an illusion because i imagine that's what oh. they want you to think about right right how, do, how does it tie in yeah yeah uh, i'm glad i'm not spoiling that illusion for you i was watching your face and going like oh no he's never heard of this before i'm breaking it to him i think there's also like they make it look like from the front, the table's really skinny, and there's like yeah, yeah, so they can hide people. Uh, um, it's it's mirrors, and I think they do like the t- so the title of this book is they do it with mirrors, mm-hmm. and so that sentence gets brought up somewhere around this time of like on pl- in plays they do it with mirrors with illusions they do it with mirrors. Hmm. So they talk about that, and they slowly kind of make their way back to the house, and when they get back into the house, everyone's assembled in the great hall, and it's because Ernie. Ernie is the name of the boy who had said that he had seen something. Mm-hmm. He's missing. He didn't show up for roll call that evening mm. at the at the dorms. 
And so it doesn't take very long. They find him. Him and Alex have the, had their um, skulls crushed in by a counterweight on the set of the stage. They're both dead. Oh, see, poor Alex. Oh, yeah. Well. Oh. yeah. Wait, is there an actual yeah, stage? Sure. Where's the stage? Not in the house. It's. Oh, okay. I think it's outdoors. Huh. I'm guessing somewhere on the property. They don't clarify that ever. So. Does uh, Does Lewis's study have a window? I think so. Let's hmm. look at the Let's look at the picture again. I'm just I'm just thinking in terms of like illusions. Right. Yeah. I think so. Maybe a, the window, a window up here. Yeah. Window there. Door here. Because that'd be a pretty solid way Windows of, uh, you know, getting yourself an alibi. If they could oh, yeah. figure out a way of making it sound like they were having an argument. Yeah. Uh, illusions. Illusions. Right? <laughs> so, Miss Marple and Carrie talk later, and she's really upset. And she really cares about... She's upset because she cares so much about helping these boys. And I think Ernie Ernie dying is really weighing on her because they had this, like, whole... They've had this whole plan of, like, they think they're doing really great with what's going on, but they always have these... Like, they have cases that do really well, these boys that go off into the world and, like, succeed. Then, of course, there's, like, there's also failures sometimes. Mm -hmm. And... So they had this like plan. Um, they wanted to buy like up a huge, big tract of land and kind of like make a co-op so that they could have more people come to live with them and like live off the land. And so they're they're kind of creating their own society. So then she also has a Miss Marple sees on her desk. She has a pair of nice looking nail scissors, and she asks Miss so Miss Marple asks about them, and she says, "Oh, Alex had just given me them to try out." Um, he had got me to try them this morning and he had taken away the nail clippings. So kind of around this point, Miss Marple and Carrie Louise are looking at each other and Carrie Louise goes, you know, don't you? And Miss Marple goes, yeah, I know. Do you know? Yes. Carrie Louise knows as well. And Carrie Louise says, what are you going to do about it? And Miss Marple says, I'll, I'll tell the police tomorrow morning. Hmm. So, so there's the cue. Miss Marple knows. Your turn, Matt. Oh, What's man, I don't on? know. <laughs> It's too early for DNA, so it's not like the nail clippings are are for, like, to test DNA or anything. Right. What? The nail clippings? What on earth does he need nail clippings for? <laughs> oh, I have no idea. Oh, man. that That's all the info I got. I have no idea who did this at all. <laughs> Don't just focus on the nail clippings, though. It's an illusion with the nail. Okay, so it's not Alex because he's dead. Presumably. And we have Branson's dead. Uh, People who are. There's Jolly. I don't think it's Jolly because, like, I don't know. It seems too obvious to have the tonic. Like, that that doesn't seem right. It could Mm -hmm. be Mildred. She obviously wants the money and she hates everyone. She could just go on a murder rampage. I think she'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. I do think Gina, though. I still, I don't know why it's Gina, but Gina still seems plausible to me. Okay. And I don't know why. You just have a feeling. Just have a feeling for Gina. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also the, it could be one of the people in Lewis's study and they did like right. some, tr- some trickery, but. Right. Yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. 
You gotta you gotta make a decision, Matt. Pick okay. someone. I'm gonna pick uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pick Gina, I think. Okay. Gina's my pick. And do you wanna give like some story on what you think happened, like how how it came to be? So Gina's in the ballroom, right? So I think she snuck out when the lights were off, murdered mm-hmm. Gull Branson, and planted the the pistol. Yep. And then I think this whole thing with with Walter going back to the U.S. I think they're actually a mm-hmm. very good match, and that's just like mm-hmm. her out to like, oh, I need to follow my husband back to America. Maybe they're in right. it together. Because, like, I don't know why there are two guns. There seems like there should only be one gun. But, um, yeah, I don't know why she killed Gil Branson. No idea. But we'll see, I guess. What was it to stop to stop them from finding about about her trying to kill Carrie Louise? <sighs> Maybe. I just don't know how that ties in. Because it seems like there was something else at play with uh, with Edgar. But... I think it was to stop them to, from figuring out who Edgar's father was, but I don't know who that would be. Okay, so somehow, uh, somehow it ties yeah. in, and you don't necessarily have the specific details, but that's nope. the I'm, general outline. Yeah, don't. Yeah, that's uh, that's my guess. That's all I got. It's Gina. Fair enough. No motive. Okay, got it. No real uh, <laughs> way of doing it, but it's definitely Gina. I think I think sometimes that just happens if you just have a feeling and you can't explain it. Well, that's what Ruth had at beginning of this book. She had a feeling, mm-hmm. couldn't explain it. Sent Miss Marple in. <laughs> so do I get to know? Okay. Or is there yep. is there a reveal? Yeah, let me do let me do the reveal. So it's gonna be a, we'll do it a little slowly, but not not too bad. So Okay. Uh, the next morning, Miss Marple goes downstairs and she asks to speak to Inspector Curry and she brings him into the Great Hall and he's like, This isn't really a secluded location to talk about anything and she's like no no no, i want to show you something and she's kind of standing there and she's saying alex alex tap alex figured this kind of thing out he was on the right track and that's why that's why he had to be killed because he he was starting to figure things out and so he was picturing the great hall as a scene as a stage right and so we're the audience we're at a theater and we're looking at the great hall as if it's as if it's a play when actors leave the stage, they might open a door and there might be like a painted backsplash, right? To show where they're going. But really they're just going backstage. Like they're just, they're going, and then they can come in through another door or from stage right, stage left. Like they can come in from anywhere, but really we don't know what's going on behind. And so she's saying, if we picture the, the great hall and picture the house as the same thing as it's just a stage, when people entered the study, if it was just backstage, they can just leave. So I think you were kind of touching on this. Um, so you were kind of touching on this of, yeah, could could someone leave through the window? And Miss Marple is saying easily, like if we just picture the study door being like a stage door where it goes to backstage, they could easily leave through the window, go through any of the other windows and the guest rooms on that side of the house, like climb in, shoot, call Branson, basically. Mm-hmm. And so the inspector is going like, why would Edgar want to shoot? Gullbranson and Miss Marble says not Edgar Lewis like Lewis this is Lewis and so she goes she kind of goes on to explain kind of um, what had happened but first we'll, we'll basically we'll get to the exp- explanation in a second but I think they confront Lewis with the news or they go to arrest Edgar and he makes a run for it 
he jumps into an old rotting boat in the pond, which immediately he's like, I don't know what he's doing, trying to paddle away. It starts to sink. Lewis runs out after him to save him as he's like starting to, he can't swim. Um, they both get caught in the reeds and they both drown. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. So we're not getting their, their side of the story, basically. But Miss Marple goes on to kind of explain it to everybody as... Um, Lewis had been embezzling money out of the trust. And so he's one of the trustees. Galbranson was the principal trustee. Uh, I think again, like you've, you, you touched on like all the main uh, points, I think at one point or another, but just tying them together, always the tough part. Oh yeah, that's it. (laughs) So uh, Lewis had been, again, he'd been embezzling money. Galbranson had caught wind of it. And so that's why his like sudden visit back was was to talk about this and so lewis had some idea that galbranson knew he might have like hinted at it at their last visit and so that's why he had gotten in edgar to come in again as you're saying like why why edgar why did edgar kind of come in suddenly like a month ago and it's because lewis was planning for galbranson to come back he needed a partner in crime basically and so uh, they were together oh uh, yeah as um as Miss Marple had pointed out earlier, like, uh, uh, did yeah, they like yeah. record their argument or something, and then go and murder him together? Edgar, who actually ends up not being Edgar, that's Edgar Lawson was a real person who did have these like father issues basically, but he's not. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of an actor. Like that's why everything was so dramatic. So Edgar was putting on two voices, and so that's where Miss Marple is saying it's like the illusion of the girl sawn in half, where you think it's one girl but it's actually two. In this case, you thought it was two people, but it was actually only one. It was just Edgar, right? So when he shoots the gun, of course he misses Lewis because Lewis isn't there. He's just shooting at mm-hmm. an empty wall. And when Lewis comes and opens the door and he's he's out of breath, it's because he's been running because he just ran and shot Galbranson and ran back outside. And so even when, um, when Alex said that he hadn't heard footsteps when he was standing at his car, probably Lewis's footsteps running to the, to the window. Yeah, I mean, so, I, was, uh, <laughs> I was close. I mean, I completely picked the wrong person, but I, I was almost there. I don't know. I uh, think, I think there, yeah, shucks. I could have, this is the thing. I did cut out some detail because I was reading and going like, this is going to be so obvious. Of course it's not. I don't know what I'm, what I'm thinking, but I thought when I was just like the little things about like how they wanted to put it, like buy a track of land and like put, build a co-op. Like that kind of thing. Lewis didn't have the money to be able to do that. And so that's why he was embezzling uh, money was that he could set up this co-op. And that's why it kind of ties into this. This would not have come off clearly. It didn't even come off clearly in the book. But the fact that Carrie Louise, they like, she's like saying how she doesn't believe it and how, she, how can she believe it? And like, they're telling her this, but it kind of affects her whole reality. She was right. No one was trying to poison her. Hmm. Lewis just realized he had to come up with a some 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 reason why Gulbranson would be there and he had planned it all in advance. So no one was poisoning her. There was no arsenic in the medication. And that's why um Alex had taken those nail clippings. And this is like, you did not need to know this, but you can um test for if there's been arsenic in the bloodstream, um, I guess from the fingernails. Maybe? Hmm. Something like that. Yeah, it makes sense. So Alex had tracked this and gone I don't think Carrie Louise is being poisoned. I'll get her fingernail clippings to prove it. And then it will just show that clearly like Lewis put the poison 
in the tonic to make it look like someone was poisoning Carrie Louise. Which is, again, when Miss Marple says at the beginning, there's no way Lewis would poison his wife. She's right. He wouldn't. He did care for her deeply, but he would fake it, apparently. Man, I should have trusted my gut. I, I thought Lewis was fishy at the start. I was like, that tonic seems doctored. He's the one with the note. Oh, well. That's That uh, was a really good point, yeah. But catching with the, with the note and you said that that last line could have been written afterwards. That's exactly what happened. He typed the last line to say, to make it look like Galbranson was worried about Carrie being poisoned. You're dead on there. Oh, well. I wonder why he was worried about her heart. So that's a good question. That ties into, um, again, I know you were saying before that like, how can possibly no one want to tell Carrie Louise anything? Galbranson also, like they didn't, they were worried that she would take it so badly because basically Galbranson knew that Lewis was embezzling money. Uh, him yeah. and Lewis talked about how they were embezzling. Like, he was like, I know you're embezzling money. And Lewis was like, okay, you've caught me basically saying like, I know we like, clearly I'll have to like, you know, like go through the trial, but like, we need to do everything possible to spare Carrie Louise. Like, I don't want her to worry about it. And Galbranson was like, of course we don't, we don't want Carrie Louise to worry about it. And so that's why they were like, maybe you're going to ask a sec, like an outside opinion to be like, do we tell her? Do we not tell her? How much do we tell her? Like what, what should we do? Mm. Yep. Oh, well. So Gina is innocent. Oh, well. Gina's innocent, and she does end up realizing that Walter is really the man she loves. Um, she does want to go back to the States with him, and she does. They go together to start their life together. Believe it or not. <laughs> oh, well. That sounds nice. Also, start a nice little business in the States. Right, yeah. The land of the free. Um, Mildred also gets happier for some reason, and uh, her and Carrie Louise live together happily ever after. Yeah, because Gina's gone. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> probably because no Gina. Gina's gone. <laughs> Finally, the only child. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So have I have oh, I answered so all fun. the questions? Are there more loose I ends? I think so. I think that's all the loose ends. Um, yeah. I hope so. Was there was there two guns or is there only one gun? Cause like you're right. So no, there was two guns. Okay. So if you're right, if it ha- if we had known that it was Lewis and uh, Edgar that were the people doing it, then maybe it could have been one gun because Edgar would have fired into the wall and Lewis would have run to shot to shoot Galbranson. But I think it was actually two guns because it was just easier for Edgar to have a gun and Lewis to have a gun to go actually so murder Galbranson. Did Lewis like hide it in the great room before going back into the the study? I would. I'm gonna guess he hid it later that night. Ah, uh, got it. Because the police discovered got it, got it the it. next day, so he did have some time yeah. to do that. They they don't get into that too much, but yeah, when when did he? But it could have been who knows, like four in the morning. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself. I should have seen that one. Oh, well. You were close. You're definitely oh. very close. I think if you had read the book, oh. you would have got it. Because hmm. I would have, there's probably the information's laid out better than, than I can do. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Next time. Next time. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming back on, Matt. This was fun. It was fun. Thanks for having me. It was, uh, yeah, great storytelling. Lots of fun. And if you aren't subscribed, check out the Patreon. The 
I couldn't have <laughs> not done it without the character list. <laughs> character list is very key. If you if you're a visual person and like to have the names out in front of you, definitely check out the Patreon. It's a nice laid out character list with a little description. Um, and that's any any Patreon level you can subscribe to to get that. Okay. I'm going to sh- shout out my mom um, who sent me a text about the, our, my most recent episode. And Wait, do I have my phone? Because she sends me these texts that I read them and I'm like, what is she talking? I think it's a typo at first. I'm like, what is she talking about? So I get this text that says, Ambrose Mann did it, my guess. <laughs> And I'm going, that's got to be a typo. Ambrose Mann did it, my guess. What? What is going on here? And then the next text is, I got it, exclamation mark, exclamation, exclamation mark. I'm like, what did she get? Like, what? I didn't know. That, what was exciting? What was going on today that she was she was going to get something? She's already been vaccinated. It's not that. Like, what? Uh, mm-hmm. And then I called her, and it was the podcast. She'd guessed the right, the right person for the podcast. Yeah, I love it. It's that so cute. That's great. <laughs> so that was... Now that it's every two weeks, it was two weeks ago's episode, uh, The Herb of Death. Um, and she said, she said she had, it's time for her to come back on because uh, she's getting better at these things. <laughs> well, she can definitely do better than me. So I look forward to hearing it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Uh, for everyone listening, if you would like to contact the show and point out anything like our, our listener at the beginning about the gentleman detective, if you have anything you'd like to say, uh, you can email the show. It's Tuesday night mystery club at gmail.com. If you'd prefer, you can also contact the show on Instagram. The handle is Tuesday night mystery club. Uh, I also post show updates. So if you want to be uh let known when when new episodes come out or you want other mystery book content i do some fun real videos sometimes you can check that out uh if you would like to support the show further you can check out the patreon patreon.com slash tuesday night mystery club and i'd like to i'd like to thank all our current patreons at the inspector gamash level we have shelly tsao at the miss jane marple level we have michael borello debbie kravis barb mclean emily shilton um alex young davies stuart falds uh and ned wright so thank you all so much for supporting the show um anything else matt nope awesome good night everybody (laughs) 